Uh, hot take. Um, I'm so excited for warmer weather because I hate wearing socks. You hate wearing socks? I hate socks. Really? Yeah, I like my feet I used to, to be free. Like walking barefoot is like my jam. I like to walk everywhere barefoot. I'm looking forward to, to my, my free, the freedom that Christ gives me with no socks. Our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better and by the power of his spirit do better so together we can be a little better. Well, welcome to A Little Better, and I cannot believe it. We are finally here at week six, the sixth and final week of Who Is This Jesus? And uh, glad you made it back to land the plane uh, for this series. Uh, And uh, I know it, it must have been important to you to close this series. I mean, in the, I, I mean we're, we're glad that you did. And you close the series with the question of the series. Yeah. Who is this Jesus? So, wow, you think it through, Drew. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we actually shot this video the first day. Oh, really? So this, this was the first shoot. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I always think things get out of order a lot when you shoot stuff. And, and I would say, uh, yeah. probably assume people noticed it yeah. poured and rained on yeah, us. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, got ahead of ourselves. Why don't you give us our sermon in 60 or 30, however you want to do it. You know, you did live half of it, but you actually did, you did the whole thing, video. We've had guys the last couple of weeks yeah. who only had to pull it, you know, for 15 minutes. No. You did the whole thing, Drew. <laughs> give us your sermon in 60. <laughs> well, we went to Caesarea Philippi. It's my first time at Caesarea Philippi mm. shooting there. So, and really what we saw is Jesus' challenge to remind us of who he is and who we are, right? That we are his church and the church has never been about buildings. It's always been a movement in people's hearts to carry the message of hope into the darkness. And so we were reminded that the church is believers it's not for believers, but it's for the world. And we're designed as the church to take the message of Jesus into the darkness. And then we landed the plane with two really important questions. One, do you know who Jesus is and how do you define him? And how you define him is really important because you don't want to mm-hmm. miss defining Jesus. And then secondly, are, if you know him, are you living his mission? Are you living out his call? So, Excellent. Um, listen, um, this is not... a I often ask, what did you leave on the table? So what did you leave on the table for this message or maybe even for the entire series? Just stuff that you thought you might have been able to get to but couldn't quite. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're writing a series like this, I would have loved to done, you know, eight weeks, 10 weeks, Mm -hmm. right? I hate that. I've loved just watching the footage. I hope people have and just seeing it. Um, I'm I'm actually kind of sad. I got to go back to preaching, you know, 30 (laughs) minutes now too. Um, So I would say overall, I wish we could have done more moments in Jesus's life Mm because all of his story in the gospels is revealing ultimately who he is to us. Um, So I would have loved to done more there. With Caesarea Philippi, I feel like, you know, I would have loved to gotten a little more into the church, how it's unstoppable and, Mm -hmm. you know, how the, over the course of history, how the church has continued on. Right. Right. So, um, we kind of skip ahead a thousand, 2000 years to us. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think those are things that I would have loved to just kind of got a little more into, but yeah. Well, thank goodness we have a podcast. We can get into it. (laughs) We can get whatever Uh, we want right now. Yeah. I, um, so any, um, any lessons learned in terms of the production? Like, if you went and did it again, what would you do? Anything you would do differently? Or 
I mean, so we're keeping a file. Um, like as we edit these videos, um, Meg and Drew, we're keeping like a comment file section of like, hey, here's things we want to know about our next shoot. Um, mm-hmm. B roll is always something we always need more of, and so right. we say that every time we come back. But B roll is like the footage that you know I talk over. It's not direct mm-hmm. picture of me, and so sometimes we had low B roll. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we learned always be prepared for bad weather um, mm-hmm. and just expect rain, be happy with sunshine. Yeah, well, I could, I could see why in the editing room you thought maybe you were a little tight on B-roll. I thought the B-roll was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we commented several times just like this looks like the Discovery Channel. I mean, the Meg and Drew, yeah. uh, Ian, Nate, everyone who was there. Did I miss anyone? Um, nope. They fantastic job you know as a crew beautiful shots um so what they did do and then the way you flex with the weather too like this one it was like i mean opening shot it's just raining <laughs> and I'm, I'm i'm just thinking oh you know i'm sure they wanted different weather but as you talked i just thought the rain fit the mood so well yeah. for what was being described it's funny how you know one thing you learn is god takes care of details that you never knew would be like purposeful right Mm -hmm. like you know the opening scene think about the darkest you know scariest place what what is it it's dark cloudy and rainy Mm -hmm. like it just it's and we if we could have asked for sunshine we would have taken it right Mm -hmm. and i've always learned that god takes care of unique details puts things together that you could never plan for or dream Mm -hmm. of and he just like hey watch me do what only i can do right it's just it's beautiful, so. Yeah, well, we could keep on talking a while about all that beautiful photography, but the point of it was to point us to Jesus. Yeah. And the whole point of the series, who is this Jesus? And you end week six with who is this Jesus? So um, how do we know? I, I guess you got me thinking quite a bit, and I love, I think it's interesting, fascinating that Jesus would even pause to ask us the question. <laughs> you know, just why doesn't he... Why doesn't he just boom it to us, tell us mm. like who he is, but to sit, wait, and listen, yeah. you know, with genuine interest for an answer. And if you're a skeptic, I get it because this is just like breaks your brain to think that the creator of the universe actually even notices you, yeah. cares about you. And not only that, stops and asks and cares mm-hmm. about your answer you know, to that question. And the risk is <clears throat> we can still get the question wrong, right? Yeah. I mean... Um, the disciples mentioned other answers the people gave, yep. you know, that were wrong, you know, before they got to the right answer. But I just, it's, it's amazing to me that Jesus would even ask us. And then I think about the ways in which we, we try to fit Jesus into our story yeah. rather than letting, finding our place in Jesus's story, mm-hmm. you know, letting him tell the story. So, um, I don't know, I'm going to, I've been reading a book. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend. I'll, I'll recommend it, even though I've only read the introduction. So I will promise to finish it. But just be warned. Um, <clears throat> Tim Keller encouraged Christopher Watkins to write a book okay. that he's just published a few months ago called Biblical Critical Theory. Hmm. But it's all about just these. Di- we've heard a lot about critical theories, but basically, a critical theory is a way to frame the world and to explain everything. Mm. Right. And so Christopher Watkins says, you know, let's let the Bible frame the world. Let's yeah. let the story of the Bible, you know, tell us where we fit. So, and then he mentions all the ways in which 
we try to squeeze Jesus into our story, whether yep. it's some Marxist Jesus of the 60s or some hippie Jesus you yep. know, in the 70s or a postmodern Jesus or a feminist Jesus or a social justice Jesus or something that serves mm. our as. It's just so easy to hijack it. How do we make sure we're not deceiving ourselves and turning Jesus into something he's not? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a very hard thing, right? Because I think the enemy is really good at, you know, deceiving us Mm -hmm. and deceiving us into believing the truth when it's not the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's, it's fascinating. You say, you know, why would Jesus even ask the question? I would say he asked the question more than once. He just did it in different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, As I've studied Jesus's life throughout the gospel, I think his whole, everything he did was pointing people to this question. Mm -hmm. Who am I from his miracles? His miracles Mm -hmm. forced people to ask, who is this? Who, Who is this guy who can, do this, right? Mm-hmm. From the things that he said that like broke the status religious quo, it forced mm-hmm. people to be like, who is this? And I think all of Jesus's life was revolving around this question. Mm-hmm. He wanted people to understand who he was, yeah, the purpose he came for, and not only just that, but what he came to do through people, yeah, right? Ultimately, that's why Jesus came, to save us from our sins and to motivate people to tell people how he did that. Right. And so I, you know, I think it's fascinating. And here's what's crazy, okay? Think about Peter, right? In this moment, he's like, you're you're the Messiah, the son of the living God, right? He knew exactly who Jesus was. And yet later in his life, he maybe doesn't forget that fundamental truth, but lives in a way that he forgets that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Jesus constantly through his life is asking us that question because not only when we get it right, is it awesome, but we can often know the answer and still live in a way where we don't know the answer. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I love that about your message where you tie you know, the answer to that question. So knowledge, yep. <laughs> affirmation to action, yeah. you know, to doing. And the fact that, you know, if we're not on mission, we probably got the first question wrong, yeah. right? So, you know, we, we don't, because if that's, so if I'm not, and I'm often not living in full conformity to the gospel, it's got to go back to, I I must not be seeing Jesus, you know, for who he is. Yep. Because if I saw him and I believed it, first of all, I would pray a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> I would depend a lot more. And I would, you know, it would, I'd have no other choice. I would, you know, do sell everything I had, you know, sometimes that's the case, whatever, to do the mission, yeah. you know, of Jesus. So um, how do you, um, how do you find, I mean, it's interesting to say, you know, beyond mission. Um, but how do you find your place, you know, in the mission? Any advice on that? Someone says, all right, Jesus is Lord. I, I, I want to spread this good news. You know, that's a pretty broad and vague answer. Mm-hmm. Where, do, where do people find their place in it? I think really any place you go, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the great thing about the gospel is, it, you know, it doesn't have to be the strip club. Like, right. I, I, you know, one thing I was nervous about is everybody leaving be like, oh, now I got to go to the hood tomorrow and start sharing the gospel. I think Mm -hmm. God gives you a sphere of influence and you carry that message to that 
place God has you. There's no mm-hmm. right or wrong place to take the gospel. I think you use your life as a beacon of hope wherever you go. And so whether that's where you go to work or where you hang out or the gym you go to or the mm-hmm. places, you know, they're all over our world is darkness. Mm-hmm. And we just need to carry that <clears throat> that hope and that truth wherever we go, wherever God has us. And so I would say your place is where God has you mm-hmm. until he moves you to another place. Right. And that's that's the belief and trust in providence, right? Yeah. This is ultimately his story and where we happen to be by providence. And you may well be derailed, right? I mean, there's so many people who think, this isn't the job I want or the place I want or whatever, but there is a purpose for, you know, sure. for where you are. And everything you see as you know mistakes might be part of the orchestration. But I love that in terms of just you know reaching reaching people where you are, because that's unique. Mm. Only you have that position and some credibility, hopefully, yeah. yep. you, know, you, know, you know, with those. Well, and when we do that, Brad, when we reach people where we are, the, the beauty of the gospel is when you reach somebody with the gospel, you basically multiply yourself. Because mm-hmm. then that person... Lord willing, would go reach somebody else while mm-hmm. you go reach somebody else. Right. Right. And so it, it just multiplies and it spreads. That's what happened with the early church. They mm-hmm. just went and preached the gospel mm-hmm. and it multiplied fast because it was contagious. People were seeing the hope. And that's mm-hmm. that's the hope we have for what we do is that, man, in our workplace, that somebody would catch who Jesus is. And mm-hmm. out of that, we would partner together to share in our workplace and that would catch fire. I remember a missionary talking about going into a culture and that first convert was Mm -hmm. absolutely the hardest. But once there was more than one convert there, then they start interacting with each other. And you think about, you know, they will know we are Christians by our love, see how they love one another. But he said... That was when, you know, they tell the gospel terribly. (laughs) But what people saw was how their lives were changed and how they loved each other. So don't put a whole lot, (laughs) I mean, don't get too freaked out, you know, or, you know, paralyzed by saying, I don't have the words. Because, and for me, the experience was doing an investigative Bible study at work where Mm. one guy basically, you know, um, you know, asked questions of me, you know, about yeah. my faith. Yep. And and he was the first one I started interacting with, but then we started interacting with others. And the thing was, people who would never listen to me listened to him. Yeah. Because right. they knew how his life was changed, and it was yeah. just like, what? You're the last person I would think <laughs> would right. have any interest in Jesus yeah. or this stuff. Yep. And uh, it was that was the fire. Then it was... People were joining this Bible study. People were interacting. It was amazing things happened. Well, and when we when when the church loses sight of that, right? What happens for the church so many times, and I'm guilty of this, is like when you don't see that happen in someone's life, eventually you just kind of grow numb. And when you grow numb, you become more about you than about someone else, right? And I, I, I've seen that happen in and Christians in my own life is we take the church, which is a movement for the world, right? We are the church, it's believers and it's for the world. What we do is we twist that and we make the church more about us, Mm -hmm. right? And we say things like this, well, the church isn't giving me what I want, Mm -hmm. right? Or the music is too loud or Mm -hmm. 
I don't like the worship that they sing or mm-hmm. why isn't Jesus focusing on me and blessing me? All these things. We, and we ultimately just take what God created for his glory and his adoration and his worship and we make it about ours. Like mm-hmm. I, the, we have to remember, I need to remember the church is not designed to worship me, please me. Mm-hmm. It's designed to please Christ. Yeah. And it's so easy to, to fall into, to make the church for me, mm-hmm. for what I want. And it was never designed to be that way. Yeah, it's a life lifetime temptation. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it even before. It's just like we talk about making these incredible sacrifices and God using them, but why wouldn't we keep doing that? Right. Uh, and all the ways that Jesus puts us off balance or disorients yeah. us yep. and how necessary that disorientation is, yep. right? I mean... Think about the bravado that Peter had, right? He <laughs> thought he totally got it. Yep. I think it was kind of interesting because I know you talked, you took it to the transfiguration in terms of Jesus revealing who he was. What's interesting to me is that didn't fix it for Peter. Yeah. You know, he saw, he was there for the transfiguration and still, you know, he runs from the garden, mm. he betrays Jesus, <laughs> everything falls apart. It wasn't until the resurrection yep. that he was truly became, you know, the man who was willing to die, yeah. you know, for Christ and take the gospel to and, the world. And, I, you know, it's, it's funny that, we, you know, we're like, what's wrong with Peter? But that would be us, mm-hmm. right? How many times has God moved oh, for us? And absolutely. we're like, oh, or we'd say, God, if you just give me a sign. And he's like, I gave you a sign already. And like that last <laughs> one didn't work. Why? The, you right. know, I, I love Peter because mm-hmm. he's me, right? Oh, You know, as much as I think I would be different, like if I saw Jesus transfigured, it would I would never go back. No, I would. Yeah. I was on a worship team at a previous church. It's, you can be thankful I'm not on the worship team at this church. <laughs> but the mantra was make mistakes boldly. Yeah. So I just, I applaud Peter's yeah. courage to make mistakes boldly because it is the way that God breaks us and rearranges us and, and makes something better. But yeah, we... we it's a picture of sanctification, right? And yeah. how gracious Jesus is towards us, mm-hmm. right? He could have easily been like, Peter, seriously, you still don't get it? Get out of here. Mm-hmm. But he's so gracious and he saw the end, right? He saw what Peter would become and how he would live right. and how he would influence the early church in such powerful ways. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, anything else? Regard- I mean, I just, again, I I don't know why it takes me surprise how well organized these things are, but... Uh- <laughs> <laughs> so I love that we end the whole series on who is this Jesus with Jesus saying, who do you say uh, that I am? Um, I was curious, um, do you, for the next trip, do you have any idea? Is there other, I, I'm not even sure I've seen anything on the preaching calendar. I don't know. Is there anything else? That works? And we won't hold you to a promise here, <laughs> okay. but um, dreams, thoughts, what do you think would be next for another trip? A teaching trip. Believe it or not, I actually just emailed Right Now Media. Um, So um, we are, obviously we're going to send all of our files to Right Now Media. So that should go Mm -hmm. public, I would think, within a month or two, Mm -hmm. um, where they share that with their audience. And we have begun to brainstorm of like, what's next? Um, I think we're going to shift a a little bit away from Israel and go more to Turkey. Um, I think if, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, just for the record, um, I think we might do Ephesus mm-hmm. and maybe work through the book of Ephesians. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, Media loves book studies, okay. and uh, they, they're very successful. So they, they said, hey, 
Um, I was going to do Rome, but JD Greer, JD Greer just did Rome for uh, right now media, and so I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess you I don't want to make him look bad. Uh, we, I, well, I mean, <laughs> or, or vice versa. <laughs> I think really more. So Ephesus is a place they haven't had a book study, and so I think we might mm-hmm. go to Ephesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's amazing. I've been to Ephesus, yeah, and I think it would be a really cool series to walk through Paul's letter to the church and. Ephesus. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. And sh- big shout out to Right Now Media. Yeah. You know, they helped us be even better yep. uh, with what we did. And I would say I would agree with that entirely. I've done other book studies on Right Now Media. There's some powerful ones out there. Great for us to be able to throw this one in the mix. Yep. I just think people will be incredibly blessed by it. And to our church, um, <clears throat> you know, if this year, if you like this series and it, it, it helped you grow and understand, um, share it. Um, it sounds self-serving, but it is kind of self-serving. If you share it with your friends, tell them where to watch it on Right Now Media. It actually helps our church be able to go to Ephesus because Right Now Media will be willing to invest in it in another series. And so share this series with people, um, let them watch it. Um, I think one for just their spiritual growth, but also mm-hmm. to help us uh, do this again for the, the gr- bigger C church. So yeah, and the way I mean analytics work and things like this, it's not self-serving. You know, it's just like we're we heard the gospel so clearly right. in this series. Do you want other people to yep. hear the gospel? That's right. So only do it if you're sincere about it. But yeah. I sincerely love this series. When you recommend it and share it with others, that catches fire. That's right. You know, online yep. and gets out there farther. Well, listen, great job, you, the team, <laughs> uh, Nate, Jason, everyone who tagged. There's there's so many people uh, behind the scenes working to make this mm. happen, but. Uh, just appreciate so much. Um, I've been visiting groups and they have been loving awesome. this series Praise since they talk about mm-hmm. it. Well, listen, thanks for joining us. That is the conclusion of Who Is This Jesus? But wait, <laughs> you definitely want to come on back next week. Any preview of what's coming next? Yeah, we're going to do Subtle Sins of Society. So mm-hmm. a series really of acceptable sin, acceptable sins that we've allowed to linger in mm-hmm. our lives. And so we're going to talk about things like consumerism and gossip and mm-hmm. comfort. So I think it's going to be a challenging series, um, a series to maybe remove some blind spots in mm-hmm. our lives. We also got PCD, so parent-child dedication this weekend, and um, we've got uh, Mother's Day coming up. So a lot of things swirling around in the life of our church. Public service announcement. Announcement. Do not forget Mother's Day. But uh, anyway, go. and come on back next week for week one of Subtle Sins of Society. Mm-hmm.